1: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Two Houses and the New Testament. This is part 25 of the series. Shalom. In this teaching, we are going to look at the conversion of Paul in Acts in chapter 9. And we're going to see how his conversion is a prophecy of the house of Judah or Judaism coming to Messiah in Messianic times as a result of the role of the Messiah to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. And then we're going to look at Acts chapter 10, give a Hebraic perspective of Acts chapter 10. This is Peter's vision, and we're going to see that what Peter saw in the vision, it represented the northern kingdom in exile and them departing from the Torah. And in essence, the instruction that Peter was being given is to have table fellowship with Ephraim or the northern kingdom, that Peter is going to prophetically represent Orthodox Judaism or rabbinic Judaism and their attitude toward the Northern Kingdom that the God of Israel wants to see fellowship between the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom we need to remember when we are doing this study that it is the ministry of Yeshua to gather and to unite the 12 tribes of Israel we can see how it is the ministry of Yeshua to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel and this is the reason why he died on the tree as we're told in John chapter 11 verses 49 through 52 as it is written and one of them named Caiaphas being the high priest that same year said unto them you know nothing at all nor consider that is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not and this spake he not of himself but being high priest that year he prophesied that Yeshua would die for that nation so what nation is Caiaphas prophesying that Yeshua would die for it is the southern kingdom it is the house of Judah it is the Jewish people because it goes on to say in John chapter 11 verse 52 and not for that nation only so how many nations then is Yeshua dying for he's dying for that nation and not that nation only so Yeshua is dying for two nations now who are these two nations John chapter 11 verse 52 goes on to say that he would gather together in one the children of God scattered abroad so who are two nations who are the children of God and scatter abroad and they are to become one. This is describing Northern Kingdom and Southern Kingdom. So from this, we can see that we're told in John chapter 11 verses 49 to 52, that Yeshua died on the tree for the purpose of gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeshua sent fishermen out to the nations to gather the exiles of Israel. These fishermen were among his disciples. In Matthew in chapter four, verses 18 and 19, is written and Yeshua walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brethren Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea for they were fishers and he said unto them follow me and I will make you fishers of men well there's a prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 16 and verses 14 through 16 that in gathering the exiles of Israel fishers would be sent after them as it is written therefore behold the days come says the Lord it will no more be said the lord lives that brought up the children of israel out of the land of egypt but the lord lives that brought up the children of israel from all the lands where he has driven them and i will bring them again into their own land how's he going to do it behold i will send for many fishers says the lord and they shall fish them because of this prophecy that fishers are going to be sent out to the exiles of israel and calling his disciples yeshua said in mark chapter 1 verse 17 come after me and this is all Ultimately what I'm going to train you to do I will make you fishers of men who are this fish that the fishermen are going to go after well in part It's a reference to the northern kingdom It's a reference to Ephraim or the ten tribes because in the blessing that is given to Ephraim and Manasseh By Jacob in Genesis chapter 48 and verse 16 It is written the angel which redeemed me from all evil bless the lads and let my name be named on them and the name of my fathers and Abraham and Isaac and then the King James says let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth let them grow in Hebrew contains the Hebrew word daga. and Daga in Hebrew means fish so what this verse literally says in the Hebrew is let them increase as fish in the earth but because fish do not increase in the earth fish increase in the sea this doesn't make logical sense so the translators didn't choose to translate it literally but instead chose to translate it let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth now let's see how the Hebrew word Daga means fish we're going to look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 as it is written and God said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea the word fish is the Strong's number 1710 in the Strong's Hebrew dictionary and it's the Hebrew word Daga in Acts chapter 1 the setting is that Yeshua is resurrected from the dead and he shows himself alive with many infallible proofs so those who see him know he's the Messiah he has a resurrected body and what we're told here in Acts chapter 1 verse 3 is that showing himself alive with many infallible proofs Yeshua for 40 days is speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God so his subject is the kingdom of God and in speaking on this subject in Acts chapter 1 and verse 6 it is written, when they therefore were come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? What are they asking? They're asking him, when are you going to unite the 12 tribes of Israel? What is the restoration of the kingdom to Israel? Well, you can't restore something unless it originally was. And then that which was originally so, it has to come in a deteriorated state, but then you want to restore and bring back to how it originally was and so it was David who ruled over all 12 tribes from Jerusalem and that is when all 12 tribes were being ruled over from Jerusalem but following the days of David and Solomon the kingdom was divided and it was divided into northern kingdom and southern kingdom and since the division after the days of Solomon into northern kingdom and southern kingdom the 12 tribes of Israel have never been united however the prophets of Israel prophesied that there would come a day when there would be the end of the exile and the 12 tribes of Israel would be united again. And it's the Messiah who is seen as accomplishing this task. And so in Acts chapter 1, those who see Yeshua, they know that he's the Messiah. They know it's the role of the Messiah to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. He's speaking for 40 days on the subject of the kingdom of God. So they ask him, when are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So he gives this answer in Acts chapter 1. And verse eight, you will receive power and power here is dunamis or miracle working power. You'll receive miracle working power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses of what? That is an answer to a question. You will be my witnesses of the restoration of the kingdom to Israel. So the miracle working and powering of the Holy Spirit is for the purpose of being a witness of the restoration of the kingdom to Israel proclaiming Yeshua as the Messiah following his Torah and his ministry is to gather and unite the twelve tribes of Israel and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea now that is a reference to the southern kingdom or the house of Judah or the domain of the Jewish people and then in Samaria and Samaria in biblical times is where the northern kingdom lived and then to the uttermost parts of the earth why the uttermost parts of the earth because the exiles of Israel were scattered to the ends of the earth and had having this message being proclaimed the ends of the earth it would be heard by those in the entire world and so thus the gospel of the kingdom would not only be preached to the nation of Israel but to everyone in the earth as well in Acts chapter 9 in verses 1 and 2 we are told that Paul persecuted believers in Yeshua as the Messiah it is written and Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way whether they were men or women he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Paul did not like believers in Yeshua as the Messiah and as Paul is going to Damascus in Acts chapter 9 verses 3 and 4 Yeshua supernaturally appears to Paul as it is written and as he journeyed he came came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven and he fell to the earth and he heard a voice saying unto him Saul Saul why do you persecute me continuing on in Acts chapter 9 verses 5 and 6 and Paul replied who are you Lord and the Lord said I'm Yeshua whom you persecute it is hard for you to kick against the pricks. and he trembling and astonished said Lord what will you have me to do and the Lord said him, Arise and go into the city and it will be told you what you must do. In Acts chapter 9 and verses 8 and 9 we're told that Paul is blinded as a result of this event for three days. And Saul arose from the earth and when his eyes were opened he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight. Neither did he eat nor drink. Now literally Literally, Paul was blinded for three days But the blindness of three days Is prophetic Paul here is going to represent Judaism He's going to represent Orthodox Judaism Or Rabbinic Judaism And the prophecy is that they would be blinded For three days regarding Yeshua Being the Messiah The three days is from Yeshua's first coming And so after two days Would be 2,000 years of time And the third day would be following 2,000 years after Yeshua's first coming. So it's the beginning of that third day that Paul received his sight and it's in the third day that the two houses of Israel are going to be gathered. We call that third day the Messianic Era. So let's see the principle in the Bible how each day represents a thousand years of time. And in the book of Genesis in chapter 1 continuing on to Genesis in chapter 2 in verses 1 and 2 we're told an account of the creation that it took place over seven days and in Genesis chapter 2 and verses 1 and 2 we're told about the seventh day of creation it was the day when the creator rested from his work thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them and on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made and he rested the seventh day from all his work which he had made so here we see that the Sabbath is the seventh day of creation because the creator rested from his creation. We see how the Sabbath is the seventh day in Exodus in chapter 20 in verses 9 and 10. Six days shall you labor and do all your work but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God in it you shall not do any work you nor your son nor your daughter your manservant nor your maidservant nor your cattle nor your stranger that is within your gates. What we're doing here is we're understanding the prophetic meaning of three days and why Paul was blinded for three days and what it means to us as it relates to the end of days in the role of Messiah to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. So what we're seeing is that there were seven days of creation. Each day of creation is going to represent 1,000 years of time. So the seventh day of creation, which is the day that the Creator rested, is going to represent the 1,000-year Messianic era. So the seventh day is the Sabbath, and this seventh-day Sabbath, Eschaton, Logically speaking or the Messianic era, it is called the day of the Lord. The weekly Sabbath is called the day of the Lord and it's going to be in the day of the Lord in the Messianic times at the beginning of Messianic times and the darkness part of Messianic times that the exiles of Israel are going to be gathered. And when the exiles of Israel are gathered, then both northern kingdom and southern kingdom will recognize and see Yeshua as the Messiah. And Paul is prof- prophetically foreshadowing the house of judah or the jewish people recognizing that yeshua is the messiah so let's continue on in explaining these things isaiah chapter 58 verse 13 we see that the seventh day sabbath is called the day of the lord if you turn away your foot from the sabbath from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the sabbath delight the holy of the lord honorable so the sabbath is called the day of the lord the sabbath is called the holy of the lord the sabbath is called my holy day. Each day in creation represents a thousand years of time. In Psalm chapter 90 verse 4 it is written for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past and as a watch in the night. This verse is quoted in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8 as it is written but beloved be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Now in speaking of one day is with the a thousand years and a thousand years is one day in 2nd Peter chapter 3 verse 8 quoting Psalm chapter 90 in verse 4 it goes on to say but the day of the Lord don't be ignorant that one day is with the Lord a thousand years and a thousand years is one day but the day of the Lord so how long is the day of the Lord the day of the Lord is a thousand years and it's the day of the Lord who is the Lord it's Yahweh Yeshua it's his day it's his day when he rules and reigns on the earth it's his day when he brings rest to the earth from man's six days of labor and it tells us in second Peter chapter 3 verse 10 that the day the Lord will come as a thief in the night the day the Lord will come as night it will come as darkness let's see how the darkness part of the day of the Lord which we commonly call the tribulation is associated with tribulation in a time of darkness Isaiah chapter 13 verse 6 how ye for the day of the Lord is at hand and the day the Lord will come as destruction from the Almighty and they will be afraid pains sorrows will take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that travails. In Zephaniah chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 it is written, The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens greatly even the voice of the day of the Lord. The mighty man will cry there bitterly. That day, that is the day of the Lord, is a day of wrath, a day of trouble, a day of distress, a day of wasteness, of desolation, a day of darkness, a day of gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. In Jeremiah in chapter 30 in verses. 16 Six and seven, we can see that the tribulation is associated with Jacob's trouble, and it speaks of it being a great day, speaking of the day of the Lord. Jeremiah chapter thirty, verses six and seven, it is written: "Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness? Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he will be saved, or delivered, or." Redeemed out of it. It is during Jacob's trouble or the tribulation period, the darkness part of the day of the Lord, that Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 3, tells us that Israel and Judah will return to the land. In Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 3, and verse 7, it is written, For lo, the days come, says the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people, Israel and Judah, says the Lord. I'm going to cause them to return to the land that I gave their fathers, and they shall possess it. So the the subject here is Israel and Judah returning to the land and speaking about Israel and Judah returning to the land it says alas for that day is great what day the day of the Lord that day is great what day the day that Israel and Judah return in land so that none is like it it is even the time of Jacob's trouble so we can see here that the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel takes place during Jacob's trouble or the tribulation period now in gathering the exiles of Israel when they return they're regarded as being blind. In Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 7 and 8 it is written, For thus says the Lord, Sing with gladness for Jacob, and shout among the chief of the nations, Publish ye, praise ye, and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. So the subject is saving or gathering the remnant of Israel, gathering the exiles of Israel, gathering the twelve tribes of Israel. goes on to say in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 8, Behold, I will bring them from the north country, and gather them from the coast the earth and with them the blind and the lame the woman with child and her that travails with child together a great company shall return thither spiritually the exiles of Israel are seen as being blind as they are returning from exile to the land in their return to the land their blindness goes away and they see this is happening during the tribulation period the darkness part of the day of the Lord it is happening in messianic times it's happening in the third day from Yeshua's first coming so that is why prophetically Paul is a picture of these things wherein he was blinded for three days the nation of Israel is healed in the third day in 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 it says now we beseech you brethren by the coming of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach and our gathering together unto him so the subject is the coming of Yeshua HaMashiach and his coming is associated with our gathering together unto him. The gathering together unto him is called in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 2, the day of Christ or the day of Messiah or the prophets call it the day of the Lord. So it's in the day of the Lord, the day of Christ, the day of Messiah, that he gathers his people unto him. That is the 12 tribes of Israel. And it happens on the third day. Hosea chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. Come and let us return to the Lord. He is torn. He will heal us. He is smitten. He will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. After 2000 years from his first coming, he will revive us. That means return us to the Torah. Allow us to see that we need to express our faith in Yeshua as the Messiah by following his Torah. What do we call that awakening today? We call that the Hebraic roots of Christianity. So it comes at the end or after two days, but it's in the third day. That third day now is a reference to Messianic times. It's a reference to the day of the Lord. And by understanding what the prophets say, it's the darkness part of the day of the Lord. And the third day, he will raise us up. Raising us up is gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. And we will live in his sight. Living in his sight is once he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives, he's going to set up his kingdom. And the 12 tribes united are going to rule and reign with Yeshua over the nations. In Acts chapter 22, verses 11 and 12, we see who is Ananias because the way in which Paul is going to receive his sight is Ananias is going to be instructed to lay his hands upon Paul. So we're going to look at the prophetic significance of this. In Acts chapter 22, verses 11 and 12, it is written, And when I could not see for the glory of that light, this is Paul giving his testimony, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the Torah, having a good report of all Jews which dwelt there so in describing Ananias he's called a devout man according to the Torah having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there well this is phraseology for what is called a proselyte and in the messianic idea in Israel by Joseph Klausner on page 479 he explains about these proselytes of the first century in Tanaic period there was a large group of semi-proselytes or half-proselyte these persons were called variously devout ones which is what we read here in Acts 22 fearers, God-fearers worshippers of God and the like they are mentioned a number of times in the Acts of the Apostles and also in the works of Josephus these God-fearers appropriated only the loftier ideas of rabbinic Judaism such as monotheism and the ethics of the prophets, most of them kept the biblical Sabbath and refrained from eating swine's flesh but they did not observe the numerous ritual rules of Pharisaic Judaism. Let me translate that for you. It is someone who believes in following the Torah, keeping the Sabbath, keeping the biblical festivals, but not following Rabbinic Judaism. Well that's going to conclude part 25 of the series on the subject, Two Houses and the New Testament. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.